Welcome to the Fit Aviators Club podcast, where aviation, fitness, and mindset meet to improve the balance of your health and quality of life in aviation. This is your host, Fernando Contreras, and let's get to it. Welcome back to the Fit Aviators Club podcast. What an amazing time to be in the aviation industry right now. Everybody is getting to where they want to be in their aviation career. Um, things are moving so quickly. Things are accelerating. It's a awesome, awesome opportunity to be in aviation right now. Just got back from the NGPA convention in Palm Springs. First great convention, very well organized. Uh, I ran into a bunch of friends there. A lot of people are just, you know, out there to go after their goals in the airline that they want to get into. And surprisingly enough, I actually saw Netflix. I didn't know this, but Netflix actually does have a corporate site, too. And they're actually recruiting pilots in there, too. I saw some people submitting in resumes there. But anyways, NGPA convention, very well organized. Awesome, awesome place. Um, it was at the Renaissance in Palm Springs. And the... And the environment was just, you know, energetic. Everybody was there, you know, to get after their goals. And you could just feel that. You could just feel that everybody's coming prepared. Everybody's coming in, you know, with a little bit of nervous, a little bit of excitement to just be able to talk to one of these recruiters for any of these major airlines and, and progress in their aviation career. Because as we all know, you want to get to where you want to get to the earliest possible. The seat, the equipment, and the airline, the earliest possible so that you can catch the wave and not ride it being stuck at a seat or equipment that you don't want to be at but anyways a lot of that is timing and you know we're not in control of that timing things just so happened to happen the way they did because of covid and while we thought for some point that there was not going to be a fast recovery from aviation it's actually a lot faster than uh, we predicted it to be but you know that's old news the cool the cool thing is is that you know Everybody, everybody is um, out getting to where they want to get, and it's really it makes me really happy to to hear people just being like, "Hey, I got hired at this airline. I got hired here." You know, there, there's just so so much excitement, and uh, you know, I can't wait for that to happen to to everybody who wants to progress. You know, so a very exciting time in in aviation. Crazy that also this past week or maybe two weeks, uh, Frontier and Spirit merged. Uh, that's that's crazy. Uh, won't get into the details of that because I don't really get into details of, of any of that stuff. I, I, I just know that one of them owns a little bit more than the other, and there might be a little bit of friction, you know, as with any merger that there is. But, you know, hopefully it's for the best. Hopefully they, they can make it work so that Spirit and Frontier, you know, can be a great airline as well and, uh, and for them to excel and all that. I actually used to work for Spirit uh, a long time ago, but not as a pilot. It was in the uh, training department. So either way, I hope the best. I wish them the best. Uh, I think it's going to be a great company and it's, it might take some time because as everything, you're, you're trying to merge two different kinds of cultures of different, you know, as similar as Spirit and Frontier may be in terms of airline operations. There's still a lot of, you know, there's different cultures and trying to merge all that. And then the friction that happens with the mergers, it, it could take some time, but I hope they have uh, a really successful future ahead of them. So 
Yeah, just get, got back from NGPA. We took a flight from LA to uh, to Miami, and my, my girlfriend Jess uh, went with me. She is incredible in supporting me throughout all this uh, journey to trying to get to the the bigger and better things. And we were going back, and we actually I don't know if you guys have seen the show on Netflix called Manifest. I think you know it's been out for a while, but Jess and I started this show like a year ago you know it's only three seasons and we just can't get to finish it because either she's flying or i'm flying or we have a lot of things to do we like to travel we're doing so many things and we just don't get an opportunity to just like just watch some shows so we had a five-hour flight back and we finally finished the show manifest and i don't know if you guys have seen it but pretty much the show is like they're on this flight and then all of a sudden this turbulence happens and next thing you know, this airplane lands and that plane has been gone for five years, five and a half years, right? They get back to, to uh, New York, I think it was, and everybody's like, wow, you guys have been gone for five and a half years. That's crazy. So you have like this whole, after five years of not seeing some, some of these people, the, the transition to getting back to their normal lives is just kind of crazy. But then these things start happening to them, right? They start having these visions and it, it starts to correlate with... You know, my understanding of it is a little bit of of religion. But, you know, I don't want to say too much to to spoil it. But, you know, I thought season three was going to be the 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 end of it. And we get to the last episode and we're just like, damn, I thought that I thought that was going to be it. At some point, the show got a little bit like stagnant, got a little bit boring. You know, they keep solving all these mysteries and it's all the same and the same and the same. But every little once in a while, they throw something in there. It's just like, oh, shit, this catches my attention again. And then two episodes, it becomes stagnant. But if you keep with it, it actually stays pretty interesting. Um, But I guess I got to look up if they're going to finish that show or not. I've been seeing shows like this pretty recently. I just finished watching the show called Dark. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Uh, The show called Dark is actually about time travel, but it's because it actually... (laughs) Physically, in physics, it talks about, in quantum physics specifically, it talks about how time traveling, what if it wasn't linear? What if it was, what, what they say in the show is the beginning is the end and the end is the beginning. It's a circular, you know, thing that just doesn't end. It doesn't have a beginning. It doesn't have an end. And you're just continuously circling time. So the show is mainly about, you know, they got to make it fun and interactive to explain this type of, this type of physics. And they, they do it as these characters doing tram, time traveling and all these things start happening. But I don't want to give away too much, but the time travel, it just puts everybody's role in life in a specific time. And it, that's to show that time traveling, you know, would, would be that time is not linear. But, you know, there's obviously a storyline to it. It's pretty cool. It's in German, but I watched it in English. We tried to watch it in German with English subtitles, but that was like, no, that was just, I, I, it's just enough trying to pay attention to the quantum physics stuff. You know, you're just trying to pay attention to another, another language, but there's a lot of fans out there that do like to watch the shows in different languages and put the English subtitles in. And I, I personally like to do that with uh, watching a show that's in Portuguese because my girlfriend speaks Portuguese. And I like to watch the show in Portuguese and I put English subtitles. When we watch a show in Spanish, because I speak Spanish, she watches the show in, we put it in Spanish and she puts the uh, subtitles in English. And that way we kind of keep trying to learn the the language to each other. Uh, Jess and I obviously speak Portuguese to each other and Spanish to each other in English. Uh, But, you know, we're always looking to perfect 
uh, how we speak that to each other and make it more fluent, so to say. But yeah, I absolutely love the, the Portuguese language. I think it's a, it's a pretty neat thing on how to, you know, subconsciously, that's also training your brain, right? It's actually just being, expanding your mind, expanding different things that you're just not used to hearing. Put on a show, specifically talking about a language, you, you put on a show, you just listen to it, you let it play in the background, and you start picking up a little bit of, of, the, of the language. You know, it's, it's incredible how your brain can adapt, can develop, can just just learn. It's it's crazy. It's it's fascinating how we don't have, we have so much knowledge, but we have anywhere near the the capacity of understanding how the brain works and and how the human body works in in, in complete entity. It's uh, it's really 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 fascinating. So since we're talking about the human body and the brain, I'd like to shift over to the educational aspect um, of the podcast. I'd like to address a question that I get often asked and whether it's through dm on instagram email or where i'm flying with someone or when i meet somebody at the airport is what exercise do you do to be able to maintain good posture what muscle groups do you target to be able to sustain good posture throughout the longevity of your career and the biggest muscles that i mostly recommend that should be exercised often and kept in the optimal shape are your glutes. And the reason why is because your glutes play such an important role on your posture when you sit. Your glutes are a support mechanism for your lumbar area and your pelvis as well. What often happens is because we sit down so much we have overactivity. Essentially, our nervous system is sending signals of contraction or flexions for our muscles to flex in the front part of our body, specifically at the hip when we're sitting. So those muscles mostly are called the hip flexors. Everybody's always like, man, my hip flexors are always hurting. You know, I'm very tight in my hips. It is such a common thing that people have overactive hip flexors is because we sit. So what happens? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? When we flex one side of the body, the other, the other part of the joint has to extend. And it's just, you know, I, I, I like to tell everyone that your body relates so much to, to how an aircraft operates. And it's, it's pretty funny because I, I can take certain parts of how an aircraft operates and compare it to the body and it makes people understand things so much easier. So imagine a joint, right? A joint can be compared to a control surface that is moved by cables and rods. The joint where the two bones meet could be the control surface and its means of movement, the cables and rods, quote unquote, are your muscles and ligaments and tendons, right? That provide that movement. The input is by the pilot who moves the control stick and eventually moves the cables and rods. In this case, the pilot in your human body is the central and peripheral nervous system that send those signals for flexion and extension of those muscles. Gets a lot deeper into the science of that, but I will leave that for another podcast. So you're, since we sit a lot, right, we are often in over activity in the front, less activity in the back. And what happens is around your, your glutes, if they're not strong enough, if they're not supporting that lumbar and hip area, they become dormant. 
And what happens is that your glutes just are not providing that muscular or that neuro activity to those muscles are not being provided and they just they're not giving you that support that you need to be giving it. So if you exercise them in a, in such a structured workout program or you hit them up at least two or three times a week, you're going to have a better neuroactivity to that muscle. You're going to have glute development, which is going to allow you to better support your pelvis, support your lumbar area. And now you're going to see that your hip flexors, okay, because they're so tight, can actually be able to rest a little bit more because it's not having to compensate for that lack of muscle in your glute. It can actually, it's still going to be extended, but it doesn't have to compensate as much. And when you actually do sit on your glutes instead of your hamstrings and you kind of put your lower back onto the to the reclining part of the chair, you actually release a lot of that tension from your lumbar area. If uh, you'd like to see this, I, I put this in a video because it's really hard to explain visual through, you know, through a, through a vocal means of this podcast. There is a video on my Instagram page um, and it's labeled how to decrease the chances of lower back injury. Um, there's two of them. There's one for a contralateral, which means one side of the, your lower back is hurting because you're extending the opposite side. And then the other one actually is showing you your posture on how to sit in the airplane seats. Well, in any seat, it would actually it would actually help you. So take a look at that. Um, I, if I can put this on the link of the descriptions, I will, I will definitely do that because it's also on YouTube and I will put that up there so you guys could see if you don't have uh, an Instagram account. So glutes are extremely, extremely important. Now within the glutes, uh, it is a complex, complex musculature area, right? There is, there is your glute max, your glute medius. And some of these muscles are what we call global muscles, which are huge, right? The, the majority of these muscles, there is such a high neuroactivity. There is a lot more flexion. There's a lot more contraction and extension because the muscles are so big. And we call that global muscles. We want to make sure that these global muscles are obviously exercised enough to be able to provide strength and development that you need from that area in order for your body not to compensate anywhere else. But what we also want to focus on is the what we call synergist muscles. These synergist muscles are actually the muscles that help the global muscles. So if there is a load, if there is a resistance on it, and the global muscles actually use a little bit of help from the syner- from the smaller muscles to be able to all work in conjunction to either overcome that load or for posture, whether sitting or standing, it allows these muscles to actually integrate with each other for better proper neuroactivity and so that what we call activation can happen. Think of these synergist muscles as like your your trim, right? If you're constantly trying to fight the airplane for it to go another way, why don't you just put a little bit of trim on that and the fighting is less? You're actually, the trim is actually helping that control surface stay in that position, right? So that's kind of what our synergist muscles are doing to aid our global muscles so that they can be where they're supposed to be and overcome load or excessive static postures in which we have. And we also have what we call the stabilizer muscles, right? These muscles actually help our body just stabilize from 
deviating from its neutral position in which the joints are and specifically the spine. So these stabilizer muscles, we can think of them as like, for example, in the legs, right? We're talking about legs and posture for sitting down. We refer to some of these stabilizer muscles as your obliques, which help stabilize our trunk, our core from moving left and right and actually keeping our spine a whole lot more uh, protected and stable. All of these muscles in junction all together is to prevent injury, but also keep everything stabilized. Keep your hips stabilized, all your joints, and specifically your spine, because the spine is obviously one of the most important aspects of your body in which without proper neuro signaling, there are obviously there's muscular dysfunction. So in conjunction with having a workout routine that targets your global muscles, such as the glute max, your uh, synergist muscles, such as your glute medius, and then your stabilizing muscles, such as your obliques, then you are integrating all of these muscles, all of it to be able to support your pelvis and your lumbar area a whole lot better. And you will start seeing that over time, what you wanna do is that you wanna exercise these muscles, but you also want to work on your flexibility on the muscles that are constantly over overactive. So your hip flexors, you wanna be able to stretch those out and you're gonna see that over time, your hip kinda of starts coming back to the place where it's supposed to be. And you start sort of correcting that interior pelvic tilt that a lot of us suffer from that often leads to lower back injury, lower back pain. So that is that is the muscular musculature group that I often recommend that everybody should focus on to improve posture and reduce the chances of injury. Obviously there there are a lot more in conjunction with that such as your adductor complex which serves as a synergist and stabilizer muscle as well while you do some of these exercises. Also on my Instagram and on my YouTube, there are videos that show what kind of exercises you could do to strengthen your glutes. And also to make sure, since we talked about, you know, how your whole body is a kinetic energy, uh, kinetic chain. Yeah, you see, see how, see how this whole aviation and body thing kind of like it mingles all together. Um, you know, your glutes are eventually then connected cross-laterally through your lower back area to your lats, okay, which is another global muscle. And what happens is if our lats are weak, it compensates for our glutes also being too strong or our lats being too strong and our, our glutes are weak. So I hope you're understanding how this, how this body compensation sort of works. And that if you don't integrate all the muscles that are supposed to be worked in conjunction with each other, you will have a harder time finding better posture. So just keep in mind that also along with your glutes, you want to hit those lats as well. And there, in, in those YouTube videos that I have and on that Instagram video that I have, it actually shows some exercises that you could do to target both the glutes and the lats so that you have a much better posture when you sit and you actually decrease the chances of your injury. Hopefully you were able to get something uh, great out of this podcast today. 
in terms of what muscles to work on for better posture while sitting in the airplane. You want to make sure you also do this in a structured way. I would recommend that you do it three times a week of three sets of 10 repetitions each. And what you want to do is you want to do a nice, slow and controlled tempo. And what that means is just you go at a nice controlled pace. And that's what's going to allow you to perform that exercise correctly. It's going to allow your nervous system to connect to your muscular system a whole lot better in that specific region. And it's going to help with muscular development and muscular stabilization. Um, depending on where your training is, whether you're beginner, intermediate, advanced, and that's all relative because everybody's, you know, intensities is, is a lot different, but you know, your body, you know, where your training is and you, you can mess around with how many reps, how many sets you do in order to either grow that muscle or create more resistance of that muscle. Uh, you know, if you want to grow that muscle, you typically go into the lower reps, but higher weight. If you want to create endurance on that muscle, you could do it either by a superset of that same muscle, or you could do a lot of reps in lower weight on that specific region or those muscles. So the possibilities are unlimited. You got to kind of figure out where you are and what you want to achieve. And from there, you, you tackle the, the region that in the way that you, that you want to, that's going to mostly benefit you. But the point is the point of this episode is that you now know which muscles to target to help you have a better posture, help you improve that posture and also reduce the chances of injury. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Feel free to check out fitaviatorsclub.com for more articles in which I have written, more tips and tricks, and also it is linked to the YouTube channel as well so you can get more info out of this podcast.